Hello, everyone. This is Sean, Charlie, and Thomas. And you're listening to our next wonderful episode of Sparkcast. Sparkcast. So today we have a very, very fun treat for you all. This is not just any normal children's storybook where there's a few pages. Oh, no, there's massive amounts of text on this thing. This is a book called Transformers. More than meets the eye, according to the cover, because for some reason, the cover is not on the title. You have to open it up in the book to see the title is actually called Deadly Paradise. If you wish, you can read along with us by looking at the book on campertree.net, C-A-M-P-H-O-R-T-R-E-E dot net, and search for Deadly Paradise. So before we get into the book proper, I'll give you some, some quick facts other than that. The book is dated 1986, despite the fact that it uses action figure art as if it were an early rushed 1984 book. In addition, this is the only Transformers book that was published by St. Michael slash Purnell Books. The story that we're going to read today is written by Gary Bailey, a UK author most known for writing 14 of the But Ugly Martian series. He mainly writes kids' educational books, including a line of dinosaur books, a simple science series, and a famous people series. I haven't heard that phrase in forever. What? But Ugly Martians. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, that's why I had to look it up. Cause like, what was that? But uh, it was a TV show. I guess it was. Just oh, some okay. Dumb I thought it was a book series oh. or something. I was wondering if this guy worked on Doctor Who or something. By the way, the story was kind of written, but <laughs> the artist though is actually pretty famous. Ang Angus Mackay. I don't know if I pronounced his name at all correctly. A N G U S, and his last name Angus. is M C. Yeah. Mickey. <laughs> Mickey, M-C-K-I-E. So he is a UK artist who worked on 82,000 Star Wars and Helix, but he got his start doing mainly science fiction novel covers. He wrote a story from Heavy Metal magazine, and his story was eventually adapted and altered into one of the shorts in the actual Heavy Metal movie from 1980s. So that's where most people would know him from. Wikipedia states he creates highly detailed constructions like spaceships against colorful backgrounds and stated he influenced a generation, but there's no citation there. So it's kind of <laughs> hard to make, make like someone must have just been really excited about him and, and wrote that. Or, of course, there's people listening in who are like, no, you don't understand listening to this right now. So I don't know. But yeah, no. So I just find that amazing that his story was adapted into one of the five or six stories in the heavy metal movie. It certainly is amazing cover art. I mean, we've got, um, I, I guess this is a jungle with uh, lots of moss and vines and a chicken, startled chicken, I suppose. Chicken. <laughs> that very, is very a cockatrice, okay? Or is that a Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> is it cockatrice, a real bird? Or is that a Pokemon? <laughs> Yeah, I like how they're just staring. 
They don't even have eyes to display emotions. Since they're action figures, they can only move up or down. They can't express any emotion. They're just like, looks fine, looks great, on I go. And I guess the, the character designs are the designs we've seen pop up every now and then, where it's just like two-dimensional faces on a plank of metal. <laughs> yeah, because that's the actual art and the figure from Japan, because the cartoon hadn't been aired yet, so people would be working on it. But for some reason, this was released two years later. So either they were delayed, or they just weren't in the know. I have really no idea how this was made that far later with the wrong design, with the now outdated designs. And also, what is with this cover? Who's going to want to pick up the book with just three Transformers standing at a bird? This looks like it was part of like a series. I want to see the other St. Michael storybooks, like if they have G.I. Joe and that has a cover like this. And if they, they created it again, more stuff <laughs> like it on the on page five, it's the same three characters again, looking at the bird. But the art is completely different. It's like he did all the interiors first and then was like, well, what should I make the cover of? I know this picture. I'll just draw it again. And I'm like, why? What do you... It's the same picture, just just in a different kind of little layout. But Prowl is standing in the same position. The bird's <laughs> kind of in the same position. It's just, it's hilarious. It's a the redo. same thing is done, done twice like that. Ugh. I don't get it either. I mean, it looks... Yeah, it's it's the same context, everything. But was it worth drawing a second time? Yeah, no. So I'll describe the story here in our first two pages. Sideswipe, as accused of crimes against humanity by the Earth Council. But if you look at the picture, he's holding a gun at everyone. I don't think that's going to help his chances for innocence. If he's just like, now I didn't do a thing. Now back off. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> Also, there's actually a huge disconnect between the art and the story because Sideswipe is not actually at the meeting of this Earth Council. They never mention him at all in the story as him being there. It's just the Earth people going, well, this happened. Uh, Sideswipe, um, you know, did some crimes and uh, well, basically he ran through a crowd and then shoved a building pillar over and then ran away. And I'm like, what? Okay. And they want Optimus to hunt him down. Hunt down Sideswipe? Yeah. And also what's hilarious is as soon as Sideswipe leaves, the humans are like, oh, that was Sideswipe. Oh, that was the Sideswipe Autobot. And I'm like, so the Autobots and Decepticons are so well known. Everyone knows their individual names, apparently. But here's the funny thing, Thomas. In the next page, the council votes him guilty, tells Optimus to hunt him down and shut him down forever. Because they think, I guess, it's worth the death penalty or don't consider the Autobots living beings. And <laughs> they just go, he's like, he goes, Prowl, find, find Sideswipe. And Sideswipe is right there in the room sitting at a computer terminal, unnoticed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's just like, what? I, I didn't do anything. Just... Yeah, it's like no one had to go far to find him because he was just sitting with his head in his hands, like nearby. Like... Oh. <laughs> oh wow this story it, though this is this is a little too serious for children but not just that it's a little it's a little serious for adults nowadays you're talking about 
mowing down a crowd of people and destroying a bridge and oh did they actually say he killed people or he just scared them right (laughs) yeah i guess you know this is a kid's story so no one Mm. actually died but it sounds like you know events that have been on tv you know like Mm -hmm. terrorist attacks or something it's just pretty scary (laughs) Mm -hmm. definitely not not kid material anymore or i don't know it's like the plot of like um the uh, avengers movie the civil war one <laughs> Would you, I like how the second picture of Optimus is to show that he's mad since Optimus doesn't have a face. They have steam coming out of his pistons on his shoulders and his fist slamming down on a table that I guess that isn't there to be like, Sideswipe, I will hunt you down. And then it's like, Oh, I, I'm here, Optimus. And, and Optimus is like, Well, too bad. We're going to kill you. Why is Optimus just jumping to conclusions? I thought he was more logical. He's just like okay. So this is well, what Optimus there's says. All this evidence against you. That's all hearsay. But um, this is what Optimus says. <laughs> he says, "But I have heard the evidence against you. I have seen the result of the destruction. No sideswipe. You were seen and identified by hundreds of people. I am forced to agree that you are guilty and shut you down for all time." Exactly. At which point, sideswipe <laughs> said, "Please, Optimus, not the Dinobot cave. Anything but that." Okay, he doesn't actually say that. But I was about to say, he was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's like, this punishment? I was like, that's messed up. No, but Optimus did really say all of that, shutting him down for all time. And they just shut him down. And he's gone. He's done. He's not in the story anymore. He doesn't even get a chance to prove his innocence. He's just now in a comatose state or offline or whatever. All based on hearsay. They said they saw side and Somebody wrecked a bridge, but there's no proof. There's no video. And and they didn't even have a trial. It's just this council of humans or something. They don't even put Sideswipe on trial. They're just like, well, we should just kill him, you know, to be safe. Or shut him down. And Optimus is like, well, these humans who are from an unaffiliated non-law enforcement agency decided this, so I guess I'll go along with it. Poor guy. He got railroaded. Too bad. This is hilarious, though. It's like, hadn't they begun to trust the Autobots? And to rely upon them in many ways, how could they trust them now? Oh, uh, I mean, you know, one person screws up, sure, not trust <laughs> all of them. But uh, it's like everyone has to be perfect, sorry. So, Prowl wants to investigate, and Optimus says he has the right qualifications. So he immediately ignores that and hires Bumblebee to investigate the bridge incident instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And then I like how Bumblebee finds a piece of metal which I guess came off from Sideswipe when he was damaging the bridge. And the picture is hilarious, because it's just Bumblebee finding a giant piece of metal, almost as if it was left out for him to find. But I think that's just the art drawing attention to it. But it's it's still pretty hilarious. It's green instead of blue, so that's... Oh, wait, no, I think it's the shining thing. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong piece of metal this whole time. It's the <laughs> one that's like... You know, it's got the lines around it, like it's. Oh yeah, you were looking at the green one. Yeah, I was looking at the green one. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was pointing at that with his wheel. So Thomas, (laughs) what do you think happens next? This piece of metal is supposed to be, I guess, part of Sideswipe's body or something. Can you think of a trope that happens in all cartoons, even Batman cartoons, 
when he's doing his investigation, like, aha, I found this piece of dirt on the tires, and this dirt is only manufactured at this one place in all of existence. So, yeah, that's the same thing that happens here. They're like, ah, this metal is a special kind of metal that can only be made on this one island on the entire effing planet. So... I was so angry. I thought that was going to be a piece of the real bad guy's body or something, but but no, no, it's just a special piece of metal. That metal isn't anywhere else but a special island. <laughs> yeah, I really think it is supposed to be Sideswipe's body part or a piece of him, but it's never actually stated. So you just kind of have to infer that from the writing. Well, the writing says basically it's a special piece of metal that doesn't belong to anybody, but it's... Oh, a, okay. Yeah, I guess it's, it's just bad writing. Special, special, <laughs> special metal. But this will help Sideswipe because Bumblebee says so. He, he saw it, he picked it out, and that's got to be the problem. It's special metal. Yep, and then uh, Prowl analyzes it and is like, all right. I'm going to take Bumblebee, Windcharger, Ratchet, Brawn, and Hound on my hovercraft to, that can somehow support, you know, giant robots to this island. But the funniest thing is Optimus speaks and Ratchet interrupts him about it being a worthless clue. And the description just says, Optimus glared at the fixer Autobot. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been like, Gears. That, that's a Gears line. It's no, that, yeah, no. It just, <laughs> I thought that was Ratchet's Gears on the cover. Too, though, right? I thought that was Gears on the cover, but it's actually, I think, Windcharger and, um, and Brawn? Windcharger and Brawn? Isn't Ratchet a complainer, too? Is he one of the grou- grouchy ones? No, he's not grouchy till another continuity. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, w- I would throw Gears in there. Some clue interrupted Gears. Yeah, Windcharger. <laughs> that is Windcharger. Okay. I like how the narrator spends a page saying the island is beautiful. The autopods talk about how it's beautiful after being described it was beautiful because there's no humans around. They scan a cave, go in, and somehow that took two pages. So, the, well, this, this guy our... normally writes other types of fictions, obviously. So he's had to, to go at what he is good at, like lots of vivid description of tropical paradise. And then yeah. uh, back to the robots. <laughs> and this is the first page to have two pictures where you got Bumblebee, Windcharger, and Prowl standing perfectly still, admiring the island. And the second is Prowl and Windcharger standing at a cave entrance. And Windcharger looks like he's like, yeah, I'm ready to fight. But it could just be because his hands are always in a fist because it's based on the toy <laughs> to art. Uh, anyway, the next page... Somehow they find sentient digging machines that, quote, scream in defiance and threw themselves back, but they were too slow to avoid Bronn's ruthless blows. So they just find these working robots, and Bronn is like, I'm gonna kill them. Then they find some basket-carrying machines, and Windcharger repels them with magnets against a wall where they, quote, lay shattered and moaning, unquote. And Prowl even melts some of them with his acid, probably too quick for them to even scream. So our... Are, are are we following the bad guys now? They just like see these robots working and then murder them all. There's like, like they have no reason this, to let's fight shut them. this mine down. How do we know it's an evil mine? Yeah, just, just because the metal came from there. <laughs> it's like this thing, robots. It's got to be a Decepticon. Kill them. Kill them all. And, and we'll find out it's not. Like they really did just kill someone else's robots. Jesus, man. 
<laughs> just why? Dude, basket why are they so machine. bloodthirsty? <laughs> Drop their why, load. And why and is this never addressed? It's, this is just always something that just happens, and nobody says anything about it. It's never come up. It's just like, how? This is not normal. <laughs> so I'm always going to go back to those bloodthirsty Autobots. Hey, how maybe can I not? Must... It happens all the time. Every single, it's not even just one. It's every single one of them. <laughs> you know, well, I, that's why I perf- that's why I made sure to have those quotations for you, just so just how much these are other living robots, by the way, that they made suffer and die. <laughs> they screamed by being attacked. They have to be living. Great acid on them. It's just like the machines lay in a sizzling, dripping heap next to a pile of debris. Silence filled the air as quickly as had the rage of battle. <laughs> and the picture okay. that they don't even—they don't even make a picture of them fighting these robots. Instead, the picture is we're going to walk to this dome. Don't even bother to illustrate the action part. I don't know if that's the artist's, uh, it might have been the direction of the book, so. But anyway, they next meet Madam C, a human woman. Quote, do you want to describe this, Charlie? Oh, boy. Um, woman draped in a magnificent mantle that looked as if, as if it were made of molten lead, and her skin was pale, almost gray in color, and her eyes flashed like pearls. Oh, oh I don't God. remember that part. And yeah, she looks like uh, Shira met Princess Leia met um, Balmorda from Willow or something, and she's like casting a spell. That's what the picture looks like. <laughs> no, she's growing with the molten level shimmering radiance. So oh, okay. <laughs> and that, and somehow that mesmerizes the Autobots. I don't know why. I love this part. She invites them in there and says, don't worry, your friends will be happy and has them follow her pig robots. My name is Madam C and you're wondering what has become of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she tells them, so like after waiting for an hour, Prowl's like, take me to them. And she's like, oh, okay. And she goes to this place and goes, we have an extensive design studio here. She smiled at him <laughs> innocently. But when she spoke again, her voice was full of threat. Here, old worn-out machines, perhaps even robots like yourselves, can be remodeled. Each separate part is dismantled and thoroughly, uh, modernized, you might say. We operate a kind of health center here, and we do like everyone to be happy while they undergo our treatment. When you leave, you won't know yourself, I promise you that. My God, this part was so Doctor Who to me. <laughs> like, just the way the story transitioned to this. So she says she makes machine pigs until she was hired to make something else. I wonder what it is. This actually is intriguing. Like, I never <laughs> even thought of the concept of, like, you know, maybe we don't have to do the same old Autobot Decepticon War stuff every single episode. <laughs> Like I just do something Sorry, else. I know where the story's going. Oh my god! Yeah, this is. So what? So uh, no, continue. You like that it's different. I I do. I like that it's different. I was like, and I'm just thinking of the idea. You know, just thinking of like 
what if there were just other threats and just random things that just happen and you know this week it's the decepticons dealing with some other guy or whatever who's trying to butt in and usurp their power or something and you know this time bumblebee's got to deal with some other crazy woman or something like that the creative liberties of this story were too much for me (laughs) does that mean you're gonna want to read this whole thing now right thomas once we're done because it intrigued you that much uh i i'm going to continue this efficient way of digesting this book by having you guys continue on <laughs> it's not it's not explained but i feel that she is converting all his autobot friends into pig robots like and that's what she means when she says they will be remodeled and you won't know yourselves because She's changing their bodies and just putting them into pig robot bodies. That's a good that's a good assumption, Sean. That's what I got from this, but it's never <laughs> stated. Instead, like he goes to like find his people, like two of his people that are just offline and he turns them on. Because apparently, you know, when they turn them offline like they do a sideswipe, it's not a big deal. You just turn them on like a switch. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying you keep saying I guess she's saying that she's done this to your friends and you just said two of his buddies, like, are you saying that this, there's other transformers here that have already been succumbed? Like they've already been destroyed or remodeled. Well, it doesn't say that because, or, or does she mean friends in general as in like, okay, you're all just robots. I've done this to other robots, but not necessarily Transformers. Yeah, maybe. Cause, but the, and also, again, with the art, she's showing him this factory, and instead you got, like, droid, ball droid, human droid, and, and there's no pig robots here. So the art is disconnecting from the, the text again. Yeah, I yeah, I keep seeing the mentions of pig robots, and I don't see I any... Been, I feel like that's filler for some reason. Like, they just needed to put extras in the story like or something it's time for sean murphy's mythological theater cersei was a woman who tempted sailors and would always turn them into animals but mostly pigs we now continue to the transformers (laughs) that was disturbing (laughs) huh well that makes sense actually makes a lot of sense but in, in this story, she says, oh, I just like making pig robots. I don't know why. <laughs> like She literally says that to him. Like, that's just the style I like. Whatever. I guess everybody has what they like and can't explain it. Very wow. productive. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I don't. God, where am I in the story right now? <laughs> this guy's a scholar. Let's just throw everything in there. <laughs> oh, my God. I have always had a preference for modeling pigs myself. Indeed, it has been my life's passion. Yeah, there it to was. To make That's... pig robots. My passion. I don't know about make. I think she's converting them into pig robots. I like how Prowl immediately looks at the screen and sees Optimus Prime's body on the wall. No, no attempt to hide this whatsoever. He's like, what are you doing? And, and then it forces Ravage to come out and attack him. And, you know, that's where he finds his two buddies. They're deactivated, but no parts removed. And she's like, well, uh, this guy hired me to, to create these things, and I ship them to the other side of the island. 
And as they leave, <laughs> the narrator has stopped giving a single shit about Madame C because it says, quote, they left Madame C in her now redundant robot workshop, unquote. And that's the last we ever see of Madame C and her robots from the story. That's wild. It's just like, oh, no, she's not a threat at all. <laughs> Optimus has nothing to worry about. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm just like, what? The narrator, what, what does he mean by redundant robot workshop? That's not how the word redundant is used, unless it's some kind of UK slang I don't know about. So they go into an underground cavern with metal walls, split into two teams, and then luckily they stay in two teams as it keeps becoming a maze. Prowl argues with everyone to take the path he chooses with no reason as to why he's choosing the path. (laughs) Our leader. Well, no, he has a reason, and, and it makes perfect sense. What? He says, take this way because the path is wider. What? I mean, seriously? That makes sense, right? I mean, the path is wider, so that's the way out. (laughs) (laughs) They they are some wide robots. They need a wider path. So stupid. Yeah, I was like, I like how the tunnel's (laughs) big enough for them. Yeah. Well, made by Decepticons, I guess. (laughs) But I'm trying to look for that quote now, where he's like, "Go this way." It's uh, okay. So the path is split and divided into two. Prowl took the right fork as it seemed the wider path. Okay. <laughs> and then they're later like, "Oh God, it's too dark. Our shadows aren't being cast anymore." I'm like, "What? Does that the sunlight me. keep bending through the maze fort with you?" And I was like, <laughs> "What are you talking makes... about? Oh my That's God. not how science works. You write science books. If you're stuck in some kind of..." bifurcated maze just always take the widest path that will totally lead you out i mm-hmm. mean you're inside of a snail shell or something and you just got to get out of there just look for it to get wider that's definitely the way out oh yeah this is how he <laughs> says no idea why he says this is the way we'll go ordered prowl and he stamped off ahead of the other <laughs> as if he's like decisions made now follow <laughs> let's go this way gasped the frustrated hound. No, I don't like it, disagreed Ratchet. It looks too dark. Too dark? Really? These are robots. Come on. As fate would have it, they are captured by cages as Megatron introduces himself. And Prowl, I'm assuming this is his plan, admits defeat and then asks Megatron how he turned Sideswipe to his cause. And I'm thinking, Prowl's got to know that he didn't turn him. I think he's just pretending to be stupid so Megatron will gloat. And Megatron does. He lets him out of the cage and just says, Ah, oh, walk with me, Prowl. Come and let me show you what I've done for oh my, my junk. <laughs> oh. He shows him a Prowl clone, which is what the art is. You got happy action figure Megatron face. Like, probably the first emotion from any of this art in the entire book. <laughs> And he had to draw, like, extra lines to show the surprise. Like, there's shock and surprise lines. And then the the clone is just like, so. Just stone face, just staring ahead. Yeah. (laughs) So basically Megatron's like, ha, I showed you, now back to your cage. And then Megatron's guards are walking him back. And instead of trying to, like, attack them in a suicide attack, he's like, oh, wait, Rumble's here. So he makes fun of Rumble and says, Rumble, weakest of all, Megatron's mouse, they call you. And the guards join in in the laughing. 
And so Rumble shakes the ground to show everybody how cool he is, which causes the stalactites to fall on all the guards and none of the Autobots because they're in four shields safe. Oh my god. <laughs> I actually like that. That's kind of funny and cartoony. It did say cages dropped on him, though, four pages ago. And I don't think they described to us that it was actually force cages. Let me Do see. Do they explain uh, how yeah, they no, get no, out of the that... cages? I mean, they're still in cages. They were just protected, but they should well, still uh, be. Well, Prowl picks it's up Rumble, and throws him at the console, and, you know, kills Rumble and disables all the force cages. Hmm. Well, I don't think like... he kills Rumble. No, he'll kill someone here in the future. And as they're fighting, Skywarp and Starscream show up, and they, they break Hound's leg. But Windcharger... All right, um, Thomas... I need to I need to be serious with you for a minute. I need you to sit down. Okay? Oh no. <laughs> so make sure are you sitting down? I want to make sure you don't I'm trying to I, I make, make out who who this robot is on the right-hand side. Wind charger. Did you take your rage pills today? Quote. Flew to the rescue, grabbing Starscream in his huge arms and squeezing him with such magnetic might that the Decepticon screamed. For the last time. Very. R.I.P. Starscream. I guess the Starscream <laughs> in all the future media from this point on was one of the clones from this storyline created just so the Autobots wouldn't have a positive boost in morale for killing him. So there you go. The death of Starscream. Not just, not, not just the last time, the very last yes. time. That's what it says. I was just like reading that. I was like, wait, oh, oh God, did I read that correctly? <laughs> I had to go back and read that again. I mean, he could have killed off somebody less prominent. I mean, like, but... Spark just cursed, and now he just cursed the wander time forever because his head was squeezed. <laughs> I actually thought you were going to be pretty angry about this, like, before he started talking. Before I, I mean, like... it's just so random and ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I just think anything about this <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh my god, because he's the best. That's why he had to be the very first murdered Autobot. <laughs> oh, Autobot. Okay. Or, or sorry, Decepticon, <laughs> Transformer. That's what I mean. I like how Skywarp in the backs is like, Fuck, I'm getting out of here. It just <laughs> takes off. And the picture is literally Windcharger vibrating Starscream's head to death with his magnets. There's no way he's crushing him with his hands as outstretched as far as they are. But then Prowl does something pretty hilarious. He yells at Megatron behind the clone of himself so that, so that Megatron's just like, Ha! Prowl, I heard you! And then he blows up his own clone. I do like how the clones are so brittle they're destroyed in one blast, though. It's like, well, <laughs> guess they were... I, I, even though earlier Megatron said they were perfect in every way except they listened to him. But, you know, clones are always inferior, I guess, so they die immediately. But then Prowl destroys Megatron's gone arm. Megatron flies through a secret passage, and just when he thought they were trapped there forever, Hound's like, Aw, oh, man, I ran out of lubricant, which means I've been leaking this whole time. So they follow the lubricant out of the maze and return the Sideswipe plans to the Council and Optimus to prove Sideswipe's innocence. That was... Very convenient. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, I, and so I, I, I'm really annoyed at the last picture 
because it's Optimus standing up there, and I thought, oh, it's a clone of Optimus. Then I read the story, and no. Even though they set up the uh, plans earlier, they didn't make a clone. It's just Optimus standing on some steps, facing the Autobots, and it's just him, like, congratulating them, you assume, at the end of the story, because it actually isn't said at the end other than they reported back to him, and I'm assuming this is what happened. They reported him. And Sideswipe was... Never mentioned again, besides the fact that he was saved. Yeah. Yes. The optimists decide that he wanted to get another lawyer, and then they ask for a retrial. <laughs> did he, did no. he appeal the case? <laughs> did he kick Sideswipe out of the Transformers since he just brought too much negative publicity? He just sent the files, and we're like, well, he's innocent. We're turning him on again. Even though the humans are like, but we need 18 months of red tape investigation first. <laughs> hey, Sideswipe's face has already been all over TV. They, they can't erase that. Hide the scandal. It, it's actually kind of cool. There's a double page spread. The last two pages are all the art of the Decepticons with, with Sir, CD, Cersei, whatever, down Madam there. Madam C. It's Madam C. And then the right page is all the Autobots including Mr. I'm only going to talk and not be in this story, Sideswipe and Optimus. Why does Ratchet not have his face? Uh, because he's also based on the figure. And, but you never saw Ratchet do anything in the story other than complain twice. Hound, I think, said, here's something down here. And Braun only punched those one things innocently to death once. That, that was it. I think I mean, Braun showed up Bumblebee one Did Bumblebee do anything? I mean, he was called out by Optimus. Oh my god, he was on the island, but I don't think he ever did anything other than vanish yeah, when he was supposed to be captured. on sentry duty. Yeah. I don't know, it's hard to keep it all up and check when you can only say one of them did something every few paragraphs. And then, uh, boom, we went charge of brawn, brow. And then the Decepticons, however, we got, uh, Ravage, Skywarp, Starscream, Rumble, and Megatron. What is wrong with this picture? Um... A good portion of these characters will never be seen again, apparently. No, uh, art Starscream's dead. Madam C's gone. She's in her <laughs> redundant, uh, lab or whatever that thing is, factory, making pigs. Charlie, what did you, uh, do you see anything wrong with the Decepticon picture? I see something wrong with it. It was some, what you were talking about earlier about cassette robots. Uh, you're talking about Ravage Cassette? Like, the fact that he's not in cassette mode? Well, Ravage Cassette's down there, and he's kind of small, but Rumble is also a cassette robot. He is as tall as a normal Transformer here, despite the story saying, and Prowl's plan being, making fun of his size so that he'll try to recompense He is shorter than the others, but not really short enough, I guess. No, you know, uh, Rumble is, he's small. He's very small. Yeah, Rumble's the guy with the visor with his face next to Megatron's armpit. Oh, yeah. okay. In this they, picture, they he, definitely he looks... threw him in the wrong perspective. He looks but bigger than standing Starscream. on a riser. Look at his foot. He's on a riser. <laughs> he's supposed to be as tall as uh, Skywarp's knee there. He's supposed to be as tall as a human. <laughs> and that, like... Uh, and he was never drawn in the story either, I realize. The only Decepticon they ever drew was Megatron and then the Starscream. Oh, they did have Ravage at one point. Skywarp was in it. Yeah. Okay, we're going to draw a page of evil characters that were in 
silly story that you'll never see again. And then we're going to draw the, you know, the the protagonists on the other page. <laughs> yeah, I but I think that's kind of cool. I think I would have liked a whole display like this as a kid. I guess usually they would put that maybe in the very dead center of the book, like you know, um, like the how and why books with the. Oh yeah, you're right. You know yeah. the the undersea. Yeah, usually you would think this would be better in the beginning with like names under them, so you know who's who. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like a centerfold kind of thing that they would put in the middle. What was the point with the woman? She's like, she was making clone body parts and helping them design the clones for the Decepticons. But she was just doing it to do it. She wasn't evil. She was just like, well, I got hired and I'm doing it. Like, that. that's it. That's the only reason. It was just a story device. Just had to break up the testosterone in the story. <laughs> and she's like, while we're on the subject, I also like to make pig robots, turn robots into pig robots. But, you know, that's a story for another day. Yeah, exactly. Oh <laughs> if he were she's to just... write another of these, maybe he would have made a story all about Madam C and her pig robots. She was just doing it for the love of it. She just loves the robots. Do you want to draw that book, Charlie? Madam C's oh, Pig Robots. God. I can write it. You can draw it. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds terrible, John. <laughs> Your groaning is, is music like to my ears. Yeah, the pig robot part. <laughs> we didn't even get to see any of them. We didn't even get to see any of her robots down there that were like the basket carrying robots, the drill robots, the cool things. Why were none of those shown? Why didn't you, like, make a half page of them fighting them? What if you wrote it as a happy story, like Megatron has left the island and Madam C and her pig robots are just happily going about their business of mining on the island? Yeah. So I have two questions. One about the story and one about the writing. I was like, so what happened to the Sideswipe clone? Did... Does Megatron kill him after it was done, or is he just out there somewhere in the world? So now there's two sideswipes. Yeah, true. They gave that sideswipe to the government. Optimus did it. <laughs> it's like oh. that's how they got out of the not having to have another trial. They just let the other one get murdered. One of my questions was, why did the writer think he could just kill Starscream or any of these characters? And then two, what editor allowed that to happen? <laughs> It's just no. like, oh, main character on the cartoon. Sure, we'll kill. We'll let, him, we'll let him die. It just seems like they needed... This book looks like it's part of a series of books for kids or something. That's the only one. More of them. Like, no, but I mean, I feel like it's not not more Transformers, but just other St. Michael storybooks. Because it says storybooks, plural, which makes me think they just have a lot of these books. So maybe they have ones that are using syndicated cartoons. Or they're maybe they're about other things, just topics like St. Michael Storybooks, the train book, or something, you know. Or well, let's see or, what Google uh, has to show us. Undersea. I was trying uh, to look for something. It's going to be hard to find though, because St. Michael's an angel, so that's going to be really hard to find. Yeah, like I was looking. I'm going to put Gary Bailey on there. Just to well, no, don't look for the writer. You'd have to look over. for the the imprint. Or the publisher, which was well, the the pub is because, that no Purnell Facebook? Books. Purnell per Books Purnell? is how you would find it. Where do you see it? 
Yeah, I don't see any kind of storybooks from Purnell. Oh, there's this Transformers one. The only one with that storybooks thing in the corner. As if they wanted to make more, but... To me, it's it just looks like it was a generic series of books for children, but then, you know, with different topics or something. That's why inside there's kind of a... You know, there's no real... There's no title to the story on the outside of the book because they just wanted to sell the fact that it was Transformers. Spell the publisher name? Is it No, it's St. Michael Storybooks and Yeah. The publisher. Purnell Books. P U R N E L L Books. P U R N E L L. And I didn't find anything except Angel Books and stuff. So so, Thomas, what did you think of that book, us describing it to you, instead of you reading it yourself? I found one. I found one immediately. I'll Which show one? You. Oh, you're going to be so amazed. Oh, they're Sooty. I did find one Woody. called Sooty. Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> but no, so, Thomas, what did you think of this story? Uh, I, it was pretty funny. The art, all of it coming together, or not coming together actually <laughs> and just some of the 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 personality that was added that makes no sense for these characters i'm thinking of you know when um uh, ratchet was mouthing off and optimus was giving him glares and stuff like that and then just the random madam c bit like that whole thing is just like out of nowhere like I mean, that's definitely uh, uh, an innovative way to just have, okay, here is another one of Megatron's schemes. Let's have this wizard reincarnation uh, make some pig robots, but also make Transformer clones on the side. And also not be the villain or 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 evil toward them in any way. Yeah, that was, yeah. I was like, was there an editor involved, like, and said, no, change the story. Megatron's got to be here now. Uh, what's wrong with you? But he's like, no, no, I really like this character. I think she should be in the book. And he's like, fine, but she's got to leave at the midway point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think mostly that probably makes this book probably, this is probably like the weirdest thing that that we've we've covered. As far as like the books, like storybooks and like the coloring books and stuff like that, this is probably one of the weirdest ones. This is yeah. like the equivalent to this kind of thing. It's like the little golden books in America, except if it were Transformers, they probably would have had to have some kind of legitimate story in there, probably. Whether it was like straight out of a cartoon episode or something. Because I had some books that were like, you know, Chip and Dale or something, but... It was like straight out of some Disney short of Chippendale, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But that was like just totally made up. Like, okay, let's put Transformers on the front because that's what kids are watching on TV. And mm -hmm. let's just make up a darn story and sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so did you enjoy reading this, Charlie? I thought it was pretty crazy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um it it just was one of those things that was around at the time. I like to see knockoffs and spinoffs of things, you know, from the same time period. Just they're really funny to look back at. At first, I was going to judge this story because 
of the art looking like the figures again. But I was like, it at least is trying to do something a little different in the story, though. So it's not just Megatron's got a plan. We got to go stop him. It actually starts with a mystery like, why Starscream, uh, Star, uh, Sideswipe turning on us? But then they find something unexpected, which is this human and her robot thing. And actually, this story was very much unlike the others where there's just a lot of just dumb, like, mind-bending stuff that would just be going on in those stories where you're just constantly, like, questioning, like, why would you do this? This doesn't make any sense. This story was kind of mostly straightforward, except for the weird pig lady. Yeah. I mean, mean, but she was, it wasn't like, this isn't, this is not possible. The the logic you're using doesn't make any sense. It was just weird. That's all it was, really. It seemed like, like the writing was like TV writing to me. Just, Just writing like a random story for a show that has kind of random things going on in each episode. You just had to come up with something like, okay, this one's going to be based on the Ireland of Dr. Moreau. And this one's going to be based on uh, uh, Citizen Kane or something like people, <laughs> people sometimes like do that to episodes, you know, the thing like, yeah, yeah. Just common, stuff, yeah. Common well, plots, common tropes. This is Romeo and Juliet in this, but you know, I guess the one thing you could say show on it, the one thing you could say that kind of just doesn't make any sense wasn't necessarily in the book. Like, I mean, I guess you could start to kind of question like, well, why is this guy on trial? They're like, this is ridiculous. You're going to put, you're going to subject this transformer to court rules and stuff like that. But really the only thing that just was weird or, or didn't make much sense is was just in the imagery. And it's just that first image of like, why is, I mean, if he's on trial and he's, he wants to not be in that position, how is he helping his cause by having his guns and missiles out aiming at the counselors? <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, he's not actually there. That's so, just a jazz yeah, so, courtroom so, scene. So yeah, so like that image is, is apparently fake. And now I'm just thinking, what's the deal with the chicken on the front cover? Well, maybe, oh, yeah. maybe it's a cardboard he, cutout he and they're like, story. this is the threat to our humanity. And so they had a cardboard cutout of Sideswipe put up in the room, pointing guns at them, just, you know, because he wanted to emphasize how dangerous these robots are through propaganda. Thomas, the chicken was just there to um, accentuate the tropicality of the location. Okay? A chicken? (laughs) Yeah, that, or whatever it is, what is it, the cockatrice, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And almost like a phoenix, it was kind of glowing with some kind of powerful aura Mm -hmm. i don't know why but that's how he chose to portray that but yeah this was an interesting book though i it was (laughs) this was definitely more interesting than most of the others (laughs) and like you said earlier about people out of context they're like talking while they're looking through the forest and it's just kind of funny because they're like yeah it's peaceful here i'm like coming from people who normally always want to get back to cybertron in the show and just like it was so funny seeing Prowl be like, I'm the leader, follow me, damn it. <laughs> and then the the weirdest though is Optimus, just like it's so out of character for him to be so angry, like, side swipe, how could you destroy all the peace I've been building with these humans? I'm turning you off. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, I guess they really t- took that one character note 
that one line from his bio about how like he likes to he wants to bond with humanity <laughs> and foster that relationship and it's like oh he really cares and like if you betray that trust you, you have to suffer <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man <laughs> yeah i don't think i have anything else to say what about you guys no i think that's plenty that was an interesting jaunt into creativity there Yeah, and if (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of Sparkcast and sign off, this is Sean, Charlie, Thomas.